Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, Unlucky 13. Spooky. Or maybe it's actually a lucky episode today, because not necessarily today, but this week that we're having recording here, it might be Savannah's birthday. Oh, my God. she Lucky lucky number 21. I was going to say 29, because we agreed on that last time. You said 29, no older. Yeah, that's the thing I said. 29! Woo! Savannah's 29th birthday. Congratulations, you made yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. And I will make it to 29 again next year as well. So yes, it's Savannah's birthday this week, and also I'm Chris. We're doing that host intro a little differently because, obviously, <laughs> got to point out the birthday girl first, and you'll never know my birthday. <laughs> I'll figure it out one day. One of these days. So if you want to wish Savannah a happy birthday, go ahead and like and subscribe on YouTube. That's the best way to do it. Besides just, you know, also leaving comments saying happy birthday, Savannah. <laughs> do all of those over on YouTube. And of course, the audio realm, if you're listening over there, like, subscribe, follow, rate, comment, whatever you can do in those magical little realms, go ahead and do that. We are trying to build a community and we want you to be a part of it, part of our discussions, listening to these albums, having a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, with this podcast, if you've been here before, welcome back. Great to have you here. Uh, you know, we always enjoy your discourse with us. Yes. But if you're brand new here, haven't been here before, well, you, you picked a great episode. It's birthday, so welcome Thank to the podcast. Yes, enjoy your stay for the birthday. Yes. And if you don't know what we do here, you probably don't since you're brand new. What we do is each week, Savannah and I will choose an album completely at random, special anniversary or occasion, like a birthday, for example. She Mm -hmm. got special pick today. Damn right. Or viewer request. We'll do one of those. We take the album, discuss it at length. We'll rank the songs and then we rate the record as per usual, because that's all we know what to do in life. Uh, that is all I do. I spend every day ranking records, rating records. Just, just it's it's all in there. That's it. I can't. I don't even remember what my own name is most of the time. I rely on you and this show to remind me. One day you need to get your name like tattooed into the palm of your hand. I'm Savannah. But like, but like the Simpsons where he opens his hand, his hands all sweaty, and you can barely read. Murphy, you are a elf. I do like that bit. But anyways, today we are doing Savannah's birthday. So maybe I should let you explain what, besides, before we get into the explanation of the band and album itself, it's your birthday. You got to choose today's episode. So did. what did you pick for us today, I wonder, even though um, it's in the title? <laughs> uh, I picked a band that is quite obvious. I picked Rush and I picked Roll the Bones, the early 90s gem 1991 to be specific mm-hmm. and it, it's funny because uh this album had the tour that really uh got primus to blow up as well so thank you for that although i already liked rush but i mean like they invited primus onto the tour for all the bones and then primus blew up from there so hey hell yeah two trios yep. fantastic and i love them both so this album did more than just release new rush music yeah uh, it's new it's, for the time <laughs> it's deeper in the heart now it's closer to I was going to say now. don't do it. <laughs> don't. You had it right there. <laughs> gonna. I was gonna. As soon as I said deeper I was like god damn it I should have said that. I can scold and chastise you all day but I mean there is a disclaimer that we like to read at the beginning of every episode to make sure we yes. don't do this kind of stuff. I mean I'll do it to you regardless cuz I'm allowed to. That's the golden <sighs> exception rule whatever thing there. 
But yes, we do have a disclaimer we read at the beginning of every episode to make sure we're all on the same page. We're all cool with each other. If you agree or disagree with opinions, we're not being dicks about things. We are just having a great time uh, listening to music and discussing it. And the disclaimer is as follows. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album is strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. I think I winked, winked with both eyes there. I screwed it up. I, I think I picked up the salt and just threw it threw it around the room. Pah! To start at the camera. Pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> or pocket salt, I guess, in this case. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's be cool with each other and let's have a lot of fun talking about Roll the Bones by Rush today. Oh, yes. But I'm going to go ahead and let the birthday girl tell you a little bit about Rush as if you wouldn't have known who they are. I mean, one of the most influential rock bands of all time. But their album, Roll the Bones, too. Maybe you haven't heard it, so tell them a little about it. Rush was formed in 1968 and comprised of Alex Lifeson, Getty Lee, and John Rutsey. They're say... Talking. Their self titled album was released in 1974 and was the only album John Rutsey would perform on. He left the band later in 74 due to health issues, but by the end of the year, Neil Peart was drumming for Rush, and that's how it would stay until Neil's passing in January of 2020. Neil Rush has released 19 studio albums over the span of close to 40 years, Roll the Bones being number 14. Roll the Bones was released on September 3rd, 1991 on Anthem Records. Produced by Robert Hine and Rush, Roll the Bones spawned two singles, Ghost of a Chance and the title track, Roll the Bones. The album hit number three in the U.S., number 11 in Canada, and number 10 in the U.K. Ultimate Classic Rock placed Roll the Bones number nine out of all 19 Rush albums. Fair enough, I guess. It beat 10 of them. I... After this, I'm going to look up what 10, because I, I wrote it down, then I thought, God damn, I wonder which ones it beat out and how close. It would have to be some of the ones from like the late 80s, early 90s, oh, even yeah, though this maybe. is early 90s, because I'm pretty sure people got tired of Getty using a synthesizer after a while. Yeah, I think by counterparts, he was done with it. So Pretty much. And then, yeah, Tess Echo came out, just guitar album again. We're oh, back. Yeah. But yeah, Roll the Bones today. That's what we're doing. Yes. 1991. Uh, I think I've made reference to the song, the song, the, the actual title track before and how I wasn't too fond of that. But maybe my tune changed a little, but we're going to find out as we go yeah. down the road. Uh, before we start, um, it's just really hot in here, so I'm just going to take off my sweater quickly. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Now i got to wait here. and She said, she said sweater. And here we are. Oh, not done yet. Oh, I can wait. I know you can't hear me, but I can wait. Almost done. I just... Almost done. Savannah's stripping. Does this equal views? Much better. Apologies to you audio listeners. You really have to go for the video for that one. Okay, double check now to make sure that that's the last one before we start. A hundred percent. Easy breezy. (laughs) Cool as hell. I mean, cool as heaven? Cool as heaven. I guess. I mean, people use the term cold as hell, right? So, I mean... I guess that is true. 
if you follow Dante's Inferno, the ninth level frozen, whatever. Anyways, that's past the point. So yes, today <laughs> is the birthday boy's birthday. Happy birthday, Savannah. So we're going to listen yes. to Roll the Bones today. I did all the, I, I got that prop earlier just for that one second. <laughs> I just realized that I'm wearing the Roll the Bones shirt. So I'll take it. I'll Good. take it. Everything's working. Yep. Yep. All right. So on to the album now. The very first song, we've actually technically already talked about this previously. If you watched our uh, video of us ranking each other's favorite 90s songs, which, uh, boom, up in the window there, you can click that link afterwards. Dreamline by Rush. Yes, we already briefly talked about it, but now we can go in depth about it. Yes. Go ahead and you start us off. No, you first. I'm really curious to see what you think. Well, it was funny because like, I was trying to write notes that didn't really reflect too much on what I've already said about it. Yeah. in the previous video. Uh, this is a good start to the album. It's uh, a smart choice to kick everything off. Everything sounds good that way. Um, I like the quiet, plucky sections that kind of like lead nicely into like a grand entrance type thing. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this in the previous video. Uh, horns in a Rush song still feel weird to me. Uh, <laughs> and I also said in the last video, and I made sure to emphasize it in my notes here, very in excess feeling. This Really? It, the composition reminds me of NXS. Huh. It I really does. I don't get that. I don't feel that. I don't know. Maybe I just really like the kick album too much. And for some reason, I just hear it in that. I don't know. <laughs> it's just me. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, I would say that Rush are way better composers than NXS. Although NXS aren't bad composers. Mm -hmm. But obviously one stands out above the rest. Yes. I uh, Just speaking of the, the horn synth section, <laughs> I really like how the crash symbol just sort of accents that each time where it's like, dun, 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 and it just oh, like yeah. hits it. I just, it feels like it adds something. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. The, uh, the bass and the drums really cooperate under the guitar solo too. And I was just listening to that the whole time. I was like, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. That's just uh Getty and Alex being very, uh, very talented composers and musicians. They they know what they're doing. And by this point, they've been doing it a lot. So, I mean, like, I wouldn't expect any less. I can see yeah. you spraying off screen there. She's got cats in the background. My my cat is, uh, she's trying to climb out the window. So, I'm spraying her. And just so Problem everyone knows, she, just so everyone knows, that spray bottle is full of bleach because she's very strict with her cats. So, just letting everyone know. If they don't listen... The chemicals get worse. <laughs> A asterisk disclaimer, it is just water. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yes, obviously not bleach. Um, but yeah, the We Are Young part. Um, I can actually imagine that part being pretty cool in the concert. I can, mm -hmm. like the whole crowd saying We Are Young while Getty's doing his singing. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. Obviously, uh, I've, I've only seen Rush Live once as compared to you like a hundred billion times. But I mean, just... in 1991, when the song was fresh, maybe it would have sounded really cool in concert. I actually made note of that. Um, the layering of vocals for that line, it does kind of sound like a crowd is is saying it or a bunch of people. I really like that. And I've only seen them eight times. So That's still a lot. <laughs> that's that's like as many times as I've seen Nine Inch Nails live. I, it's like yeah. eight to ten times. I can't. I actually had to look through my ticket stubs. I collect my ticket stubs. Oh, me too. I have an entire <laughs> box. It's like my, my like memory box. It's got tons of crap. Tickets. I got a bunch of VIP stuff from going to shows. Sweet. Excellent. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, I, I noted this specifically. I'm just trying to remember back to it now because I said the first We Are Young section didn't work as well as the second. It fitted nicely after the guitar solo, which I guess I mean the second part did, mm-hmm. and helped carry out the song properly. So I don't know. I guess if I'm remembering correctly, I think the first part, like the first time, was like a little weak, especially yeah. when it sounds like there could be audience participation. But then the second time felt a little more grand, and it, again, carried out the song nicely. So I at least liked it that much to give it that much credit. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, I find found some of these songs hard to kind of judge because the first thing I wanted to say was I like it. I really like it. And it's like trying to pick it apart and find something that I potentially don't like is heartbreaking and is so difficult to do because I'm like there there's it's so this song specifically for me is like so I guess nostalgic so it's like, I'm going to look at it or listen to it with rose-tinted headphones anyways. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think the just the drum accents on just different parts just keep things so interesting. And I find myself going back and just listening to the bass and drums more than I do the guitar. Because I find it just sort of, it pushes the song, but it doesn't over it's not overbearing. It's not like guitar driven power chords, you know? Well, that's the thing with uh, not even just this album, but like rush in general, when I, when the synthesizers really kind of took over is like, they would always write to fill a room with the sound of guitar, bass and drums only. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, obviously they had some certain synths back in the day too, but I mean, now it's just like, this is the official fourth instrument of the band. So I mean, like you can't just take over with one thing or another. It had like, there are times when I feel like the synth takes over a lot, like not just yeah. in the song. I mean like the album in general and uh, even past albums too. But I mean like, it, yeah, it's weird to hear Rush write like this when I'm so used to their older stuff. Like I'm more like handy and used to everything like moving pictures, signals, that area. And then prior. Oh, see, I like listening to stuff from like moving pictures onward. I mean, if we were talking about 2112 today, I'd be here all the goddamn day talking about it. Well, okay, no, not moving pictures onward, power windows onward. Like 85, 86, yeah, yeah, on. Like, I really like Presto. Like, behind me, I have a Rush Presto calendar from... Sepia Tone Neil Peart. It's from 2020, but I mean, like, if you just swap months, the days still work this year, then I don't have to take it down. Exactly, it's perfect. But yeah, I saw Actually, that. Actually, doesn't like, that say, it says May. I can see the word May. I like the picture, okay? Um, but uh, but yeah, like I like Presto. I like Roll of Bones and just all the, I guess, newer Rush, newer era Rush. I like that. Yeah, and that that's fine. A lot of people kind of like that too. And I yeah. I was really big, uh, not really big, but like I did like, uh, what is it, Snakes and Arrows? yeah. Because that was around the time I was kind of starting to get into Rush on my own rather than just like listening to my parents' music type thing. Yeah. So Snakes and Arrows was kind of like an introduction to modern Rush and then obviously hopping into 2112 and stuff like that. Yeah. But anyways, we are way off topic here. Although, I mean, at least we're on topic with the band. <laughs> this At least this time. Yeah, at least we're somewhat uh, on brand here. So we'll move on to the second song, uh, Bravado or yes. Bravado. I don't know. This can be pronounced a different way. Bravado. Brave, Bravado. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I never noticed how much vocal echo there is in this song. I think that was just the sound of the time. Yeah. <laughs> it happens just, a lot. Yeah. But it's like, I never noticed it. But as soon as I started listening to it, it just sounds like he's like singing in an empty room, which I don't know how to, how I feel about that. I don't know if it, if it really adds the fullness they wanted it to. Cause it's just kind of, I don't know. It does sound a little dated. Yeah. Um, and the song is sort of the same sort of, I guess, elevation the whole time. It doesn't really like punch anywhere. It's just sort of, sort of straight. Yeah. Just kind of like rides the line a little bit too. And I, yeah. I felt that in a, a few other tracks on this album too, which you'll hear when we get to them. But uh, yeah, even the, the reverb though, like that was a huge thing of like the eighties and even the early nineties. So I mean, like, of course it's going to be like, all over everything because like it was supposed to be like that arena rock arena filling sound and reverb is just that secret i guess even though it's not a secret lord thankfully we've uh toned that down nowadays yeah um i do like there's like the, a subtle feeling of like a slow build-up in the beginning and then as the drums kind of start to kick in and it adds more and like increases like the sound and the feeling and everything like that so i mean like you get this sense of rising and like throughout the beginning of the song. And I enjoyed that much about it. Yeah. But, and I mentioned earlier about like the fourth official instrument being the synth and like they, they can't really have a focus anymore too much. But like, I felt like this song was way more focused on the drums than anything because like they just stood out a lot more to me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Cause like they felt like they were on the forefront of this track and everything else written behind it. Like the drums were the most exciting part because behind it, everything feels like, tame especially to rush's standards yeah not necessarily a bad thing it still sounds good but i mean like considering what they've been known for in the past i mean not everything has to be like a superstar track but i mean i don't know it just felt like they were taking it easy on this one it's kind of disappointing i guess but it's again not the worst thing it's not terrible um i guess a plus and a well i guess pro and con uh pro the drumline, it does add interest and flair, I guess. It's just sort of, I I just like how one line can sound one way, the next line will sound different, but still have the same vibe, but like, you know, crashes on a different, different beat or whatever. I don't know. It's makes my brain feel good. Um, the end of the song, the the lyrics or not the lyrics the vocals rather um singing a line background does the same line singing a line background says the same line i like the song but i never noticed that he did that before then as i'm listening to it critically i'm like stop i hate it i think he only does it twice and i'm like why do you need to repeat each line why oh, you are just mm. not a fan of the call and answer uh, okay call and answer yes but like just when it's something different, when it's like, I say something, then you say something, maybe it don't repeat the whole line, but just maybe repeat the last word of it or something like that would be fine. But when you repeat it verbatim, just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's too, it sounds cheesy to me. It sounds very cheesy and cheap. And I hate that, but I think that's the, the only sort of gripe that I have with it other than it just sort of, sounding kind of plain i guess yeah. lack I mean, of a better term i i didn't really note the that part of the vocals or anything because 
I don't really think about it, to be honest, when it happens. Like, I don't mind it unless it's like, the only time repeating vocals gets me when it is when it goes way the fuck overboard, like that uh, that song by the police, send it on an SOS or whatever, sending out an SOS. Yeah. When that happens for three minutes or something like that, yeah. I mean, that's that's when I take note and say, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Whereas this one, like, it's it's small enough to me that I don't even notice it, so I don't know. I, I did say about the ending, though, like how, I don't know, a, a ring out would have felt more satisfying in this one, but it just, it kind of, like, fades out, and it kind of make made it feel, like, a little unfinished, I guess. Yeah. Like, I guess it's appropriate enough that it fades out, but yeah, just, I don't know, I, I, it's, this is a really minor nitpick that doesn't really need much attention, but I mean, like, instead of fade, I, fade outs aren't bad, but, like, sometimes a ring out will do, and this song should have had a ring out, that's all I gotta say about it. Yeah, well, fade out, it's like, am I missing something? Are you playing something that I'm missing? Yeah, because, like, they're continuing the song as it's fading out, like, you could still hear him singing, it's just like, come back and finish the song, or that, yeah. or just ring out. Yeah, there's a there's an Asia song, and right now I just the title isn't isn't coming to me, but the song fades out as he's singing another verse, but the verse words are different <laughs> than the rest of the song, and I'm like, am I missing more information? And then the song ends. I'm like, what the hell, man? Really trolling the audience on that one. Yeah, I'm like God, that kills me. Yeah, bands of the '60s and '70s do that a lot too, where they'll just, like they the song never ends; it just fades. Yeah, it's so like it's going forever and ever and ever. So then, when you hear those songs live, you're like, "How are they going to finish this?" Yeah, they uh they sold their soul to the devil, and the devil is just making them play for them over and over and over and over. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's what they did in the '70s, right? Oh yeah, I don't think anyone had a soul in the '70s because they were all being sold cheap. <laughs> that, that's yeah. why people say the best era of music is the 70s is because that's where all the souls went yeah or they they left i should say yeah all right speaking of leaving my soul i mean now we get into a song that again i i, I think i've hinted at this at the beginning uh i i thought i disliked the song more than i did turns out it's not so bad roll the bones so we can actually talk about it a little bit now but you'll find out where i ranked it later um so Overall, like, there's a lot I could say. I'll, I'll, so I'm, I'm going to keep this short and sweet, although I can still go over my notes. Yeah. I do like the song. It sounds cool. I love the bass line. The groove is really cool through the verses and everything like that. Um, it's not bad. It's just that Getty Lee rap section. I'm not fond of it either. It, and it's funny not. because, like, I know a lot of people are divisive on it. And what's even funnier is I was reading behind the scenes of it, and they actually wanted an actual rapper to come in and do it. Yeah. And I can only imagine that hurting Rush's career. Like, this alone might have confused people, but if you actually got, like, a rapper to come in. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Anthrax did, like, did a song with Public Enemy. And that just made them cooler. Yeah, I guess. But the, there's a weird tie to, of certain bands with, like, rock and rap or like metal and rap or something like that like, yeah and like even yeah Aerosmith did it with Run DMC which I guess is something but like I don't think Rush has the music for it and they're not cool enough just straight up yeah I don't think Getty got any street cred <laughs> from this one and, I mean it was it, the lyrics obviously written by Peart but then like Getty w who just had voice alterations for the longest time I thought it was Alex doing it but no, it's just it's it's Getty with like vocal modulation and stuff like that. So that was weird. Um, the heavier bridge and like pre-course, I guess you want to call it section. That's pretty cool. 
but the problem is the course feels like it, it extinguishes the energy that was being built previously. Yeah. So that was a little disappointing, I guess. Um, there's a bunch of synth stabs in this song that happen every once in a while. I feel like they're a little loud and abrasive. So like it kind of like, uh, what's I can't pulling my pulling me out of the immersion. I can't remember what the actual term is for it. Yeah. It's on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, yeah, like, I don't know. It kind of pulls you out of the moment. It suspends your disbelief, I guess. I don't know. That's the wrong. Oh, okay. That's kind of the wrong term to use. But anyways, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, other it sort of pulls you away from everything. Yeah. And other than that, I mean, my longest note is about the rap section. I, I guess I'll just read it because, again, I just, I, it's so, it's not long. It's like yeah. two sentences, maybe Let three. it spill. Let it spill. I can appreciate that they wanted to experiment with things and try something new. And, like, I'll never fault a band for doing that because, especially with, what do you say, album 14 or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Mine as well. You've been around forever. You've done so <laughs> much. Whatever. Yeah. Just go ahead. But Getty's rap section is cringe. That was dad rap of the 90s. The cool bass line kind of buries the low-toned vocals, which was, I guess, a good thing in this scenario, because usually I'm not a fan of vocals being too buried. Yeah. This one was a little fine, though, because, yeah, the vocals were like mixed a little low, I guess. Um, so this section didn't even feel necessary because of how much they buried it. And it's insane to think that this was Neil's idea, but hey, they tried it. They got their result. Ta-da. Yep. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. I have all of my notes out in one go for Roll the Bones. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not too fond of the, the rap section either. I think as a kid listening to it, it was the novelty of knowing all the words and, you know, rapping along too. So, I mean, that was cool when I was fairly young, but now I'm just like, eh, like it just, it seems so out of place. It does. Like, it, is. It, it doesn't even feel like an, an experiment gone awry. It just feels like, was this a song that you guys did when you were drunk and then you just, or like a part you thought of when you were like drunk or something, you're like, yeah, yeah, let's totally do it. Great idea. Well, Lifeson probably was drunk. Yeah. Lee was probably <laughs> half drunk. I know he's a wine guy, but then I don't think Pierre Neil ever drank, did he? He didn't really do much. He's I don't very, know. Like he was a funny guy when he could be like, if the Rush 40 concert showed us anything like with the, the video clips, he can be very funny. Yeah. But I mean, like. Other than that, like, he, he traveled alone, too. Like, when the band's on tour, he takes his motorcycle. He's not on the bus. I mean, like, yeah. obviously, he's got a very tragic backstory as well. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I, I don't know him as a party animal. and I don't think anyone does. Yeah. Well, this being a sober idea makes it a worse idea. Um, <laughs> I never, I honestly never noticed the guitar behind all of those electronic drums during the rap section. Oh, yeah? Like I really had to listen to it to just hear the sort of nuanced little bits. Cause it's not an extended uh, riff or anything. It's just sort of little bit here, bit there sort of brighten it up a bit. Um, and uh, I have one more note that just says the bass and I drew a heart next to it. I'm in it. like during the rap section or just all together, just all together, yeah. mostly, mostly in just like the bulk of the song. There's just, there's something about it that it's just like, it, it's like hitting me in the face every time I hear it. I'm like, yeah, I like it. It's, it's ag aggressive. I think it's like, just a lot. The bass in the rap section is very funky. Yeah. It, Cause it, kind of going back for a minute to how like, yeah, like we weren't really prepared for an experiment such as this from Rush. 
there was nothing prior to this, not even just this album, but like other albums in general, there was nothing prior to this that would indicate that they wanted to try something like this. Because uh-huh. usually like some bands will work their way into one thing or another, or at least they'll they'll show like a lot of like attention like outside of their own albums to like liking certain types of music. Like if suddenly Getty and Alex were going to like Public Enemy or NWA concerts or something like that. It's yeah. like, okay, so they're getting a little hip hop influence now. So maybe we might hear something like that. But there was literally nothing yeah. leading up to a random rap section that Neil felt very inspired to write one day. Yeah. So I just, I, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. And then all those celebrities on the R40 tour who uh, were on the screen. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. all singing it because Getty wouldn't do it live. Oh, my God. <laughs> he should have. Force him to. I mean, that you can't do anymore, but I mean, they should have. No, I'm glad. I'm glad he didn't. He never did. Anytime I saw him, thank God. The very last show they ever did in Toronto, I think it was in Toronto, wasn't it? Like the the final show of R40, something like that. I feel like it probably would have ended in LA. Probably, but either either way, whatever the last show was, they should have forced him to do it then. <laughs> yes. Like this is the yeah. way out. Just you might as well. No, yeah. no one's gonna boo you at this point. Just do it. People actually yeah. cheer if you do it. Like like. I'm I sure would even they, cheer. <laughs> I'm sure they knew they weren't touring again. So even just doing it, just like a, oh, we finally did it. You know, why not? If Neil was still alive, I feel like they wouldn't tour, but they would still do shows. Yeah. Because, like, Maybe. even even after he passed, they indicated, like, we miss playing together. We miss doing this. We miss being on the road. Yeah. So I feel like they would have played a handful of shows in some cities. and yeah. But, yeah, no full-scale tours, though. Yeah, I, I read an article that Alex is like, yeah, I'm I'm done touring, like going on tour buses and flying and stuff. Like, it's just I have no interest in that anymore. Yeah. So you're probably right. Like, because him and, and Getty are, you know, such good friends that I'm sure they could both of them just gang up on Neil, convince him to do a couple shows, whether it's just in L.A. or maybe up in Toronto and. Yeah, like a show uh, in Toronto, like a like a five night Vegas stint. I mean, like I'd go to every single night of that. And like they play like a, a new set list every time. <laughs> oh yeah, I would I would buy I would buy season tickets to that week. <laughs> Rest in peace to like literally everything else you have to buy that month. <laughs> yep, <laughs> food don't need it. Alrighty then. Well, we move on to the next song, number four, "Face Up." Anyone who says that you can't dance to a Rush song is a goddamn liar. You can dance to this song. You just have to try hard enough. It, on that note, too, actually, because uh, one band that came to mind, which you can definitely dance to, especially when it comes to like rock music, th- like obviously this this probably influenced another band. Not that Rush was influenced by another band for this one, but this reminded me a lot of the Tragically Hip. Oh, really? With its like kind of straightforward rock composition, but just the way it was done sounds like something off of like. I think the hip's like second album, like in the early nineties. I can't remember what it was called, Yeah. but regardless, like it's just that writing style. And I'm just like, I feel like the tragically hip was either influenced by this or maybe Getty overheard something or Alex overheard something. And like, they tried it out. I don't know, but interesting in two Canadian bands from like roughly the same area. So I wouldn't yeah. do it. They probably yeah, knew yeah. each other very well. I don't know. Oh, oh hell yeah. Yeah. I, n- I never thought of that. I never heard that. Maybe it's just me though. I could be absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for other reasons, I'm sure. Um, I, I like how the, the middle section got really atmospheric and everything like that. That sounded really nice. Yeah. 
Like, I wasn't really huge on the synths so far throughout the album, because, again, Russian synths to me is just, like, not terrible, but not what I'm used to, I guess. But they do feel good in this portion, so, like, I can give credit where credit's due. And, I mean, overall, this song is, like, fairly run-the-mill, but it's not a bad song, though, but it's definitely not, like, one of their more memorable ones. It's a lot faster than I would expect a Rush song to be, like, just higher tempo and just more energetic i guess um <laughs> okay sorry i have a note that it's a stupid pun so i'm just debating whether i'm gonna let that one out or not i don't know you already did the closer the heart one you're on thin ice right now be very careful with your next word okay well maybe it's not a pun but it's a it's a play on the it's play on the lyrics i just wrote down that if i could only reach that dial inside i'd turn this song way up okay um <laughs> uh i love the drums during the chorus and the pre-chorus it's just, I, I'm probably going to do a lot of, or um, offer a lot of comments on the drums, and they're going to be no more helpful than, I like this, it sounds great. Uh, even the keyboards are okay. I found it was, I don't know, maybe That's I just didn't notice how much it was there, but I noticed and it was still okay. Well, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like, I, I wasn't yeah. huge on the synths up to this point, but in this song, it felt better. It felt right. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm glad they were there. I mean, I can't say that too often about synthesizers in a Rush song. Yeah. I, I think the it. last time, like, the, obviously certain songs, the synths work with Rush. I mean, like, as overplayed as it is, subdivisions, I mean, like, you can't imagine oh. that song any other way. Yeah. Uh, but oh, what is it? Oh, circumstance or something like that. It's like ding, probably ding, 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 like whatever. Like that one, I love that one too. That's one, one that's really cool. But that's not this album though. Yep. I'm going off again. That that's okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I like this song. I still think you can dance to it. Um, yep. You can that's... dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Yep. Okay, good. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to finish it, and I was like, mm, I'm not playing in. <laughs> yeah, because then I just give me an excuse to be mad at you for something that I started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, good. 13 episodes in. <laughs> Hell yeah. Lucky 13. You said it. Number five on this album, Where's My Thing? I can dance to this one, too. Your turn. I mean, you absolutely can, especially because, like, this is the uh, only instrumental on the album. It's always good to have an instrumental track on a Rush album. And maybe I'm just not remembering correctly, but have there been an instrumental song yet on any of the albums that we've done? Oh, wait, uh, uh, Lightning Song by Queens of the Stone Age was one of them. Yes, and a bunch of Dream Theater ones, but that is to be expected. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. (laughs) Prog rock. (laughs) Prog metal, I guess, in that case. This is... Even though this album's not really prog, this is like one of the least prog Rush albums. Although this song in particular felt way more prog, so kind of came back a little bit. Um, The intro of this song, super fun. I really like it. Um, It then transitions into what feels like the intro of like some late 80s, early 90s show intro. Oh my God. And it's like, I I just envision like a montage of like West Coast beaches, surfers, highway driving, and like aerial shots going through clouds and just like general city life. Like I get all of this vision in my head while listening to this one. So like the movie Point Break, maybe. (laughs) I haven't seen that, but I'm going to trust you on this one. Uh, 
I, I just think of just beaches and I don't know. Ugh, ridiculous. It's like I hope those, I don't think of that when I hear this next time. It's like one of those buddy cop shows, I guess, but a little more action-oriented, and that's like the intro to the show. Probably like Point Break then. Oh, my Lord. Is, beyond beyond is that, is that a buddy? Is that a buddy cop movie or something like that? Or like an action-packed movie? I don't know. I think it has Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves in it. Oh, one of them's alive. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Wherever that comment came from. I, I need at least one show where I say something confusing. I think we're at like 10 now. Good. <laughs> the odd time, the odd timing. Uh, I tried to count it out, but I'm not really sure how to space it out. Yeah. Um, where it happens in sort of the middle beginning and the end of the song. I'm into it. I like that part yeah. a lot. Well, that's the, one of the key components of any prog rock or prog metal is con- constant time signature changes and tempo changes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be your basic four, four fanfare. Like, <clears throat> They can go all over the place. I didn't count either. And I, to be honest, like, unless I really want to know what the signature is, like, be it like three, four, six, eight, fifteen, sixteen, something really fucking insane like that, then I will like pay attention. But to this one, I didn't. I was just kind of like jamming along to it, having fun, still trying to be critical, you know. But I mean, at the yeah. same time, just enjoying it because I really enjoyed this one. Well, whenever uh, I hear something weird, I always have to count it out. I'm like, is it just me or is it actually off? Rush needs more polyrhythms. I'll say that much. Yes. Um, yeah, a lot of fun sections in this one. Uh, you know, leave it to Rush to write a really solid instrumental track as they have in the past. And they will continue in the future because, I mean, one of my favorite Rush instrumentals, everyone says YYZ and obviously great, fantastic track. I love it. Yeah. But, I mean, Malignant Narcissism from Snakes and Arrows. Yeah. Fucking incredible baseline, super fun track. But I mean, we'll talk about that one one day when it comes down the road. Oh, it will. I mean, this wasn't like the best instrumental they've ever written, but I mean, like it's still pretty damn good. I mean, I'm not gonna talk shit on it. Uh, I don't know how I feel about like. I I assume it's the keys where it's just like, I don't know how to describe it other than it kind of sounds like a crash symbol, but if you threw glitter on it. It was kind of like a, I don't know that I like that. It sounds good in the song, like the context of the song. But in general, when I focus on it, I don't really like the sound of that too much. Um, But uh, I don't know. I feel like the bass, what I see in my head is like the bass is taking me for a walk and like pointing out where it's like, that's the guitar, then the guitar plays. And then, oh, that's the drums, then the drum plays. Because I feel the guitar, or the bass rather, is pretty pumping throughout the whole thing. And then the guitar and the drums kind of have their parts sort of spot in here and there. But just the bass, I I feel like I'm walking with it the whole time. That's exactly malignant narcissism. Oh, yeah? Have you heard that track from Six I, I know I have, but it's not something I you can would have to like grab. Yeah, I'd have to hear it again. It's the same thing where like the bass is the most outstanding part of that song. Alex is just kind of there in the background. Getty has like even like a lot of solo licks in that song too, and like Neil's just there with the drums, being Neil Peart as usual. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like yeah, that bass is like the leader of the song, and it's nice. just it's incredible. I I love it. I heard it by yeah. accident. By accident, I mean like it was like on a streaming station, and I was just like. I was literally pressing next, like really fast on a bunch of things. And yeah. I just stopped for a minute because I had to sneeze. And then the song kicked in. I was like, oh, I like that bass line. So I just listened to it. So <laughs> just I discovered it, it by accident. That's awesome. 
so, but yeah, overall, uh, not not a bad song. Not the best instrumental they've ever written, but I still really liked it. <clears throat> I I agree, and uh, I I don't really. I kind of remember the part of the the title. It's "Where's My Thing," part four of the Gangster of Boats trilogy. I didn't I always, see that part until I looked on Wikipedia. <laughs> I always thought that was funny that it's part four of a tri- trilogy. Now, is there a part one through three? And I'm just, I'm missing something. Uh, I doubt it, but you can have part four of a trilogy, which I find funny. Oh yeah. Okay. You said the word trilogy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> over my head. Absolutely over my head. Yeah. It's been a long week and it's only it, Tuesday. <laughs> it, it has. I, I am so drunk on Fresca right now. It's just whoo, getting to my head. And I'm on my second cider. Woo. I'm so tipsy. No, ooh, ooh, ooh. I like to think I'm stronger than that when it comes to alcohol. But anyway. <laughs> So yeah, where's my thing? But now we move on to number six. That I'm pretty sure this wheel. is the uh, the B side. Yes, hundred uh, percent. Uh, you can tell this is where the B side of the album starts. The big wheel. Yes. Song. Um, I I just sat here air drumming for the first two listens. Like I've heard this song, I would dare to say hundreds of times, and I still couldn't sit there and like. Okay, just focus and just just listen to the song. I'm sitting there air drumming and I'm singing to it. I'm like, man, I am just too too much fun with this. So I feel it's it kind of gives me the same sort of upbeat, dancey-ish vibes that Face Up gives me. And hmm. I like it. Interesting. We definitely look at the song two different ways then. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'll say that yeah. much. Um because, like, the intro had a really good build-up to it. Uh, I, I thought that was great. But then I literally wrote, am I crazy or does it sound like the verse suddenly gets weaker with its sound? Like, I don't know. It, it just, from what the intro was doing and building up to, I was like, okay, something big's coming. But then it's like, nope, pull you back. Yeah. Wasn't really too fond of that. Uh, I thought the course sounded very corny. <laughs> The course is corny. Yeah. Uh, it, it, not awful. I'm just not big on how it sounds or feels because, like, I mean, like, that's a big part of, like, how I enjoy music. Like, I also feel it, you know? Obviously, it makes you feel emotions. Yeah. This one, I'm just sitting here like, eh, meh, okay, it's corny. Yeah. Um, I mean, the song doesn't really... Right up to the middle of the track, it didn't really feel all that interesting. But, I mean, like, it, it got... A little different, I guess, going on. Uh, not every song is going to be a banger. I understand that because, yeah. like, sometimes you just need tracks to fill an album, be them good or bad. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, some of the B sides, in uh, I'm pretty sure this note could come up later too. Feels like these were all done at the very end of the production schedule or like in the last couple of days to just like fill. It's like, okay, we got to get these last couple of songs out. We only have 48 hours left in the studio. Yeah. And that's where songs like this comes from. So, like, I don't know. As I said, you and I have very different opinions on this one. Uh, I I do have to say that it, my personal opinion that this is one of two stronger songs on the B-side. Um, just from my preference, I suppose. Um, but uh, I, I do have to pose a question to you. Do you think that they wrote about the wheel on the prices, right? I hope so. Because when I listened to it as a child, like seven, eight years old, all I was thinking about was that big wheel on Price is Right. And to this day, at the ripe old age of 29, 
I still think that. <laughs> now, are you talking lyrically or like <laughs> musically? Like, uh, no, just visually. Just oh. like the big wheel. So all I'm thinking about is that. And even now, that's the first image that comes into my head. So the very first image that came to my head when I saw the title was like one of those like old fashioned bikes with a gigantic front tire. <laughs> I was like, that's a big wheel. <laughs> How simple-minded am I? Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't sure if if uh, my my idea was going to be received well, but uh, compared to yours, I think we're both crazy. You see, what you don't know is earlier today, I, I, I unscrewed or took off my skull cap here and I ironed out all the wrinkles on my brain. <laughs> so here I am, a simple, smooth-brained me. <laughs> and I'm thinking of big, big bike tires. That's okay, because for the next one, I always thought that it said Hershey. So to this day, I think of chocolate. Ah, oh, you're dyslexic. Perfect. Yep. I mean, if you're not, if you look quick enough, yeah, you can definitely see it. But yes, it is Heresy <laughs> song number seven. Uh, I didn't really have anything else, much else to say about the big wheel yeah, anyway. Me All right, so yeah, Heresy. Uh, and, and it's funny because the, the second I hear the word Heresy, I think of Nine Inch Nails because there's a song called Heresy on the Downward Spiral, and I I fucking love that song. But this one is not that song. It is not. <laughs> Although it was, it came out. That song would come out three years after this one. So hey. Close enough. No mat, no matching whatsoever, sonically, sound-wise, anything. But I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I usually skip this song. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nothing really stands out to me musically with it. Like, if I was saying that bravado was kind of one sort of sound throughout, I definitely could say that about this. And uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to. Th- think I've, well, I've already lost my train of thought so i'm just gonna go ahead and read my notes anyways <laughs> oh it is one of those days it's absolutely one of those days yep. um yeah it, it the song didn't really have a lot going for it unfortunately um after hearing the big wheels like okay let's get more interesting now it's like not quite uh yeah. there was like this marching style snare drum that came in in the beginning and the end of the song and I don't know why it was there. Like, it didn't do anything. It didn't transition from one to the next properly or anything like that. And I don't recall it being in the song at all. So it's not even like a callback. It, it was like literally in the first seconds fading in. Yeah. And then it just disappears and changes to a different drum beat. So, yeah, it's like I expected that, yeah, it would come back like middle of the song, like during a bridge or something like that. But, yeah, nothing. It was kind of weird. Um, I guess it didn't bother me too much. It was just something I thought about a little bit. Yeah. Um, the section with the heavy use of like tom drums near like the 120 mark, though, it, it once again felt like something right out of a 90s commercial or like movie or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Very cinematic feel in this album. Like, because I've already mentioned that before with like the montage of the beaches and the, <laughs> the city life and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was also these transitions between like verse to course that really bothered me because they didn't feel natural. Mm-hmm. But then the reverse happens when the chorus transitions back into the verse, it actually worked and felt good. So I'm just wondering like, did they like slack on this? Because why is one transition so shit, but the other one's so much better? Yeah. How much time did they spend in the studio writing this song? <laughs> I'm going to say not much. This song to me it really brings my attention to now. I don't know if, if you kind of hear the same thing or feel the same way, but I feel like this entire album as a whole 
kind of like has the same vibe. It's like all the all the songs are just wearing the same clothes. It's like it's a different person, but they're dressed the same. So it's like I don't know whether it's the same like tones or the same what or if the producer just sort of did sort of the same things. I have no idea. But this song really made that stand out to me that it's just it has the same kind of vibe up until now. Yeah, and I, I guess this is why, I mean, I know people, there are people who do like this album, but, like, to me, it didn't stand out too much, especially in Rush's gigantic catalog. Mm-hmm. And, like, they would have albums that come out after this that stand out way more. So, like, I don't know where their mindset was when making this album, because I do agree with you with that, because, like, yeah, like, nothing felt too outstanding. Like, the mo- literally the most outstanding part of the album is the rap song. Or yeah. Roll the Bones, the rap section of Roll the Bones. Oh, um, and I mean, obviously, the instrumental's great too, but it, that still kind of falls under the same umbrella of what's going on. Yeah. Because in other Rush releases too, like, you still kind of get that uniformal type sound through the album, but, like, something stands out in most tracks. So it's like, oh, okay, this is its own thing. I can remember this. That stands out too. I can remember that. Yeah. Whereas there wasn't many instances of this on this entire album. Yeah. And even with this song, like, just... I, if I hadn't heard this multiple times prior, I don't think that I would remember enough to be able to describe certain parts because I wouldn't be able to reach back and get anything memorable. Me like, oh, I remember this song. Yeah, it's just when you mention the Toms, I'm going back. I'm like, okay, I do remember, but I don't think I would if I didn't hear it multiple times before. Yeah, it it picks up in the beginning, like around yeah, as I said, like the one twenty mark and like. I, I like the sound. I know I joked around like 90s commercial movie, whatever, but I mean, yeah. I still liked it. But yeah, again, yeah, like yeah. I feel like I already had that feeling somewhere back previously in the album. So, I mean, yeah. like, what do you want me to feel going forward now? Just like feeling deja vu. Yeah. Like, do you, do you want me to relive the memory before and be like, oh, I like it as much as I did previously? It's like, no, nah, you got to give me something else. <laughs> yep. Rounding right back out to my first one. I usually skip this song. Well, there you go. Understandable. Just looking at my list of where I rated it here. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, <laughs> I already knew where it was rated technically, but it's, I couldn't remember where exactly on the list it's at. Yeah. We're going to get to that soon enough, but we got three more tracks to get through here. The other single, number eight on the album, Ghost of a Chance. I know I've heard the title before, but I have not heard the song previous to this listen. I've never sat through Roll the Bones fully before, like only like a few tracks. Yeah. This is one of the ones I've heard, but never like, I mean, heard of, but never heard. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I don't really have a lot for this one. I do. Yeah. I did say though, I do like the composition of the song. Uh, but by this point, I mean, like I feel the impressive parts of the album, whatever they may be, are already behind us. Yeah. Cause again, nothing really stands out anymore. Like they're not going for anything too exciting at this point. I mean, the chorus is very pretty with the sweeping synths and everything like that. I really enjoyed that much of the song. Yeah. And, I mean, like, as much as we can, like, joke about how reverbed everything is on this album, like, the guitar, the super reverbed guitar melody even felt kind of good with the sweeping synths. Uh, so, that's about as much as I can say about it. Like, other than that, I didn't think much of this song. Like, I don't hate it. It's It's nice. It sounds nice, but not exciting. I mean, that's it. Simple as that. Does this song classify as a ballad? 
it's like on that thin line of like <laughs> whether it does or not. Because I, I was listening to him, like it sounds like it, like the the subject matter. Okay, I can see that kind of slow tempo. I can see that the sort of slow snaking guitar solo. Okay, I can see that. But I am I'm really hesitant to actually say it's a ballad, but it really sounds like one. Yeah, because there's there's another fine line of like what's a ballad and what's a power ballad. This is obviously not a power ballad. Yeah. But like when you think ballad, you think like something much softer than this. Yeah, no. Yeah. But even it, like if you took out like the drums and it just kept in the sweeping synths, then I'd say yes. Yeah. But there's something about the drums that kind of like throw off that balance a little bit. So you're like, yeah, where does it sit exactly? Is it just a soft rock track? Oh, God. Yacht rock. Hell yeah. <laughs> More like hell no. But anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> I, uh, during the chorus, no, not during the chorus, during the guitar solo, um, if you really listen, you can hear the keys sort of, I guess, piano setting. Um, and they're playing like the main riff as Alex is doing the solo. And I really like that touch because I felt I had to push my headphones in to really hear it, but just it being there, just kind of creeping there. I'm like that, that attention to detail in that respect, I really enjoyed. And, uh, I enjoyed the vocal guitar sort of call and answer thing that was going on near the end. I enjoyed that. I think this is kind of the issue with um, like feeling the way I do about these songs this far into the album is when it's when I stop paying attention to certain things like that. Yeah. Like even listening critically, it's just kind of like my brain wants to be doing other things. Like I'll keep the music on, but I mean like I don't want to have to focus so intently on it. I get that a lot. Yep. And, it, and it's not even one of those things where you're not paying attention because you like the song a whole lot. It's just kind of like I'll leave it on and I don't know go play my PlayStation or something, or maybe I'll do some editing because I do like a lot of editing anyway. Yeah. But yeah. So I don't really recall that. I'd have to check it out again. But I mean, I think I would still feel the same way about it. Like, yeah, just not a whole lot going on. Certain parts sound nice. And we're nearly done the album. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like you're ready. Um, I'm surprised that this was a single and that a song like Dreamline or, the big wheel wasn't a single. It just, it, I don't know. It seems so uncharacteristic of them to have this song as a public offering, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, I thought that was very strange. Is this like the softest rush single there is? Cause I'm like, I'm thinking back. It's like, I'm thinking like, you know, with Closer to the Heart, for example, if you play that, people play that live, they're like, you hold up the lighters, but then the drums kick in and boom, suddenly it's rock track again. Yeah. So, like, out of singles, like, obviously there are way lighter rush tracks, but, I mean, out of yeah. singles, I think this is might be the lightest one. Because was, uh, was Tears off of 2112 a single? Cause I if don't that, know. If that was, that might very well qualify. Huh, I'm not sure. I think we're going to have to uh, editors note this that, part. Just if that a, was, that might very well qualify. of the singles. I, I'm not sure. I, uh, like, I'm not going to give that myself that much work. If anything, I'll just be like, here are the softest singles. Um, if, if you're talking like audibly soft, I'm not sure if The Pass was a single. Because that, that was again? That was fairly soft. I'm pretty sure it was off Presto. Oh, okay. I'm not too familiar with it then. Yeah. If that was a single, then it's 
it's a little more like audibly um like light or whatever but uh if if you mean just like in general yeah probably the lightest probably the slowest maybe uh i'll have already thrown in it if if i want to do the work i'll throw it as a note if not then guess what you'll have to do the work yourself yeah it's gonna be an x on my face this fan is wrong i don't want to do all this work even though that's I edit this show, so it's my goddamn job. <laughs> so, crack the whip. Second last song, penultimate track, Neurotica. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, my biggest note about this one has to come with like the bass in the beginning of the track. Yeah. Because I can't quite put my finger on if it's a real synth or an actual bass guitar. Because, like, I'm getting the feeling of both, and very well, it could be like an overlapping of both. Mm hmm. I love how smooth it is, uh, especially moving between notes, and that's why I think it might be a synth. But, like, I don't know. There's some clicking you can hear that sounds like a bass guitar, so I really don't know. But I like it, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there was also, like, speaking of, like, weird sounds, too, like, there was a bridge in this song that had, like, these really weird-sounding digital effects in it. I'm not really certain what they were. Yeah. Kind of sound like more clicking or something like that. I mean, I guess it's fine. It just kind of felt out of place in what the song was already doing. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of the, I guess it's, I guess it's a bridge or yeah, no, pre-chorus maybe. Um, but where the guitar is like do 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 do, and it just like plays that small riff over and over. Yeah. I like that. I like. I always like that sort of lifting and then dropping feeling in music, or even when. Uh, like hi-hats sort of go into snares. So it just kind of brings you up with the hi-hat and then drops you with the snare. So just the way that guitar was uh, was set up, I like that a lot. Now by dropping, do you mean like it drops you, like it, it, like it can progress with the energy it has or it like drops the energy a bit? Um, I, I guess it's more like it goes up the fretboard and then drops down. So it's a, a lower note and then it, it walks up and then it goes straight back down. Oh, so in a way, it kind of gets heavier. So like, kind of, yeah. Because like just, the lower tones make a song heavier too. So I mean, that's just. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it. Uh, it it sounds like it's do 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 do, and then starts right back. He doesn't walk it back to the lower, lower notes. He just drops it right down, and yeah, I yeah. I really like that feeling. Um, I do have to say though <laughs> that I wrote down two minutes and forty eight minutes or two minutes forty eight seconds. Cannot read time. Um. <laughs> How funny would it be if another rap came in? Because as I'm listening to that and it kind of slows down, I was like, how funny would it be if they did it a second time? I think I would have been a little more accepting of it because it's like, okay, this is the album they chose to do this. But because, like, again, Roll the Bones, they introduced that rap thing and to this day have never done it again. Not prior, (laughs) not after. So if they did it twice on this album, I I would have been like, okay, so this is the really out there experimental album. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I think I would have felt fine with that. It would have taken me by surprise, but I mean, it's cool, whatever. They they already did it, so I'm kind of aware of it now. I guess the novelty is worn off by now if they did it the second time. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, like, it's still so fresh and new. It's just like, wow, they're really going out on this album. <laughs> yeah. I don't have much else for, for this album. I really liked the, uh, I guess, pre-chorus guitar riff. And, uh, yeah, aside from that, this song is kind of like Heresy, where it's just sort of, it's there. Uh, I, this one, for me, is a little bit more memorable, but there's still 
B-side songs and they kind of sound like it. You can definitely tell that. <laughs> um, I will say to with the chorus, it got really grating after a while um, with the constant rhyming of neurotica. Yeah. And just every word, something autica. It just it keeps coming up and like, I didn't mind it at first, but then because like the course keeps happening like several times in the song, it's just like, that's stuff. That's, that's good right there. Yeah. You're, you're done. Yeah. A song that didn't have to be nearly five minutes, but it is. Oh Lord. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. For sure. So, I mean, it didn't tank the score. I'm just looking at my list. It didn't tank the score, but I mean, it didn't do much to help it. I'll say that much. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like some of my scores are going to be a little misleading. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm actually also marking like I'm putting little X's next to songs I know that we're not going to match on as we're talking about them. <laughs> so far, yeah. I have uh, six out of ten with an X next to them. Yeah, I I did mention to you before we started recording that I don't have any hope that we're going to have any matching at all. And I'm the optimistic one because I mentioned <laughs> to Savannah off camera that we do have like roughly an average of like one per episode now for the last little while. Yeah. I mean, Queens of the Stone Age had three, but like. Most often than not, it's just one. So I think we're going to have that one. Well, fingers crossed, because we only have one left, so. You bet your life we do. <laughs> there, There's the transition. Perfect. I don't, I, I you pitched, I and I swung for the fucking fences on that one. Oh, okay. Finally, a natural, <sighs> natural one. Okay. I like it. I like it. So, I mean, I didn't write this note, but it's in my head, though, like, I feel like a lot of episodes we've done where we get to the final track, a band will either nail it or they'll completely miss it. Yeah. They missed it. Oh, really? I don't like this one. It's not, although that's very misleading. It's not my, I will say it's not my bottom track, but like to end an album with this track was frustrating. Yeah. Uh, it felt like a very uninspired end to the album. Yeah. And again, like I'm thinking of Rush's legacy in my head, especially considering this is their 14th album. And again, they can't all be bangers, but I mean, this is how you end an album. I don't know. Like, it has a good, like, up-tempo feel to it. Yeah. Which is a lot of fun, and I can see why people would have fun listening to it. But I mean, like, this didn't have to be five minutes. <laughs> Especially with the repeating feel of the course for, like, the last two minutes. Yeah. It didn't do much to enhance the song. They didn't really... I, I don't really know how to explain it properly. It's kind of like this This is the song that plays in the background or while everyone's waving their way off stage. I don't know. Yeah. Like it just, <laughs> this, yeah. They shouldn't have ended the album with this song. Like I don't know which one would have fit better, but it shouldn't have been this one. Um, so I sort of agree, disagree. Um, I didn't mind it as an ending. I would have preferred this over something slower or even preferring it over Neurotica. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it that much or as much, I guess. Um, you're definitely right. It did not need to be five minutes because I started to feel sort of, it started to feel six minutes long, about three and a half minutes in. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, like, we're good. Um, and the repeating bit of the chorus, um, all I was thinking was, we didn't start the fire. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it's funny because like I, I again don't really have a lot of recollection of this because I, I was kind of checked out by this song. Yeah. And yeah. it's not again, it's not because I hated it the absolute worst on the album, but it's because like I was kind of let down by the ending itself that it's like uh I'm just listening to it, it's like I already had my score for this song punched in about a minute and a half in. Yeah. And it's a five minute track. So if anyone wants to know that I sat through four minutes, it's like, oh no, you have this score. This is where you said I'm being generous. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. again, it's not a bad song. It, again, up tempo, fun. I, I'm not I'm not a fucking Scrooge all the time. But I mean, like, I don't know. I was I was done. I love Rush, but I mean I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh I think we're done. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe I'm just angry because I couldn't find my favorite Rush shirt to wear today, so I was stuck with this one. <laughs> Although, Fly By Night, fantastic album. Don't even get me started. But, I mean, my 2112 shirt. I mean, that's what I need. It's literally that one right there. These are the LPs I got when I left the job I worked previously. I have all of these shirts. Except for, actually, I don't have signals, but still. I have all the other ones, so that's why they match. <laughs> I, I have all the ones that I previously wore, plus one more that I got at my very first Rush show, that clearly does not fit me anymore because I got it when I was 14. I think I was 14. So. Uh, yes. Yeah, the petite, like, new teenager that you were buying, like, the oh. size, like, XS. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a small women's. Uh, I yeah. am 5'7". I am not a small woman. <laughs> <laughs> but now it hangs in my closet forever. You are a large Amazonian woman. Damn right. <laughs> Alrighty, but yes, we are at the end of Roll the Bones. Ten songs. For some reason, I thought this album was going to be longer, but it wasn't. So, yeah. I mean, I, I guess at this point, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you yeah. made it this far listening to us uh, go on about Rush for a little while, you must like what we're doing. You must be interested in the scores and everything like that. So please hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. And uh, let us know in the comments how uh, how you feel about some of these songs, too. And, and it... If you've been here since the beginning of this episode, um, it is my birthday, so you have to like it or else bad karma will be bestowed upon you for the next 36 days. So birthday cake emoji or something will, will suffice. If you don't want to if, if you don't want to type, just birthday cake emoji. That's it. We'll we'll understand. We'll yes. Know. I will also take tomatoes because sometimes that is valid. Tomatoes are gross. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not too fond of them. But anyways, we can move on to the song rankings now. Yes. Because we've discussed the album at length. The, the One of three things we do. We discuss the album. Now we rank the songs. So, above our heads, boom, graphics change. That means the screen is clear. The skies are clear. And we can fill it with word cloud words. I, I, I was going to say something clever, Things and stuff and whatnot. Words will appear in their song titles, because that's what we do. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to scroll down to my song rankings. Ah, there they are. Look how gorgeous they look. Anyways. Mm. <laughs> so I start this off as per usual. I mean, it's funny because, again, I think a lot of my scores are going to be a little misleading. Yeah. Because, like, I think I, I, I tried to say positive things about certain ones I didn't like too much. Yeah. Uh, so number 10 for me, The Big Wheel. Um, so mine is Heresy. Um, I do want to say, and I've said previous episodes, um, I hate none of these songs. There are some albums we've done where I just cannot stand a song. This is just how the chips lay. This is just what happens after you roll the bones. And it's fine. So I that one was forced, okay? Yeah, it's fine. But, but, uh, but yeah, I just want to say that. Don't come after me. 
I still like them all. Still good. That was another thing I was going to mention too is uh, so I have my record collection down here, but I also have my dad's because he doesn't want to keep them himself anymore. He's like, well, you have the record player and this big stereo now, so you, you just have the records. Just take care of them. Yeah. So I do. And he has a lot of Rush records and so do I, but somehow I, I swear he had Roll the Bones. Maybe he had it on CD or cassette. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I was I flipped through it today because I haven't pulled up a vinyl on the show in a while where I like to show off that I have it. There's, there's tons of Rush albums over there, just not Roll the Bones. I was very frustrated about that. Oh, shucks. We have to do another Rush album. Oh, what shall we Can you we imagine do? it? The, the absolute tragedy. <laughs> uh, so number nine, the song I thought would be number 10, Roll the Bones. Neurotica. Neurotica. Let's see. And I'm going to cross them off on my list here as you say them, so that way I know how many matches we could potentially have. Oh, Lord. So we can't have that. We can't have that. Cool. All right. So number eight, you bet your life. Okay, we got one. We got one. Oh, sweet. All right. Fine. I was wrong again. To be fair, if you re really want to still hold the bragging rights, you got you said three for Queens of the Stone Age, and we had three. Yeah, see that? I Genius. So you bet your life, question mark? Hell yes. My number seven was heresy. Roll the bones. Roll them. I was right, roll. That's fine. Number six, bravado. Got two. Sweet. Wow. We're, and you were so like, <sighs> it's not happening. I thought the ones that I liked were like, oh, God, these are, these are, you know, sound like this. And I don't think you'll like that, so. All right, I'm impressed. So All right, far. we have two more that we could match on right now. That's it. Oh, okay. and actually, no, that, that, sorry, that's not true. Because I, I just crossed off the ones I thought we weren't going to match on. Yeah. But prove me wrong. Uh, so number five, my number five, it can't be, Neurotica. Where's my thing? Where's my thingy? Oh, funny enough, I already had that one crossed off. Because oh, really? I figured we weren't going to match on it. Number four, Ghost of a Chance. The big wheel. Biggie. Big wheel. Number three, Dreamline. <laughs> hey, this is going to be stupid now. Ghost of a Chance. Every week. Yeah. You There's know. always that one off every week. Yeah, well, you just wait. Yeah, I bet. Because I, I I, imagine you can you can let me know later, but Dreamline's going to be number one. Uh, my number two is Face Up. Dreamline. Wow. So... Oh, okay. That pisses me off even more. It's, it's one off for the next three. <laughs> Where's yeah. my thing is number one. Face up. Face up. I fucking love that song. That was my number two. Damn it, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really, really surprised that you ranked it so high. And at this point, I really do not care what you ranked the whole album. You think the song I like the most that isn't a single, that is more of a upbeat, poppy sounding song is number two i am taking that satisfaction and riding all the way to the bank and i uh, that was the one i said sound like the tragically hip i love it i'm into it i don't care they can and it, it's it. funny because as i said it, like misleading scores because i did say that one felt like more run of the mill yeah and it wasn't that memorable but meanwhile it ends up in number two on my list i like it i'll take it it's and pleasing and it's funny because saying things like that and having a song like that be my number two, you would think that my score of the album is going to be really low because like, wow, if that's what you think of song number two, uh, granted, I love Where's My Thing. Like, I yeah. thought that was a fantastic track. Um, you, you think I'd score it really low. It's probably not scored super high as people might think, but it's not scored as low yeah. as people would think, including you. Well, 
birthday girl says that you have to tell me your score first. Fair. Fair. I will do that. And before we do that, though, let's go ahead and uh, I don't want to do a star wipe this week. Uh, I don't know. Just editor to me. Look through the, the stupid transition files and pick something dumb. I want the most obnoxious one. One where you look at it going, that looks stupid. I want that one. Well, well, well. If it isn't the rating screen that we see at the end of every episode every single week. All the episodes we've done prior to this are here. And now we have Rush's Roll the Bones. I've got everything figured out for the Beastie Boys, which was the previous episode. They just celebrated their 35th anniversary for that album. And yeah, everything else looks good. I, I have to take some deep breaths for this one. My hands are, my hands are clammy. A little nervous. We're 13 episodes in. You can't be nervous anymore. I, I am nervous all the time. I am nervous to call my own doctor. Okay, get off my back. <laughs> I'm nervous to wake up in the morning. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> some days. Who knows? Ah, yes. Precious Ooh. anxiety. Speaking of anxiety, we got to figure out where we're putting this album today. Uh, as a, if people may know, we do have our own separate tier charts that I eventually post on social media. But this is the main one we use. So this is our collective one. And we have to figure out where it's going. So, you said that I had to go first since it's your birthday and you requested yes. that I do. That's yes, fine because ne next week's one of my albums, so you have to go first. Oh, that's fine. That's that's fine. Okay, so, <laughs> again, uh, not, not a terrible album. Not fantastic. Fairly middle of the road. 66.5. That hurts my heart. Uh-oh. I pick 69. Nice. Oh. <laughs> 69%. I'm starting to think I'm the asshole. I like this album. I picked it. I own the shirt. And it's still 69. I mean, again, you gave Dream Theater 62. I mean. <laughs> well, there were some, some songs in there that I just didn't care for. But still. Don't like, even get me started. <laughs> ah. 69 that sucks so that's probably what 68 that very close actually uh i'll change this as needed be but for now it goes into the c column where i thought it was going to be at 67.75 percent it is more than dream theater uh it might be more than beastie boys i don't i never have the scores in front of me i don't know but mm -hmm. again uh it will look proper next time you see this chart <laughs> So yeah, sixty-seven point seven five percent. It is a C plus album. It hurts me to see, um, but like, like I participated too, so I'm I'm kind of just disappointed at myself as well. <laughs> yeah, this is all part of you, you know. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh oh, where are the oh, other? Lord. I've lost it. Oh, there it is. Okay, good. Wait, that's not it. Damn it. I'm trying to do this in real time. Not cutting any of this out. There you go. I, I kind of moved it. I'll have to see if it's more than the Beastie Boys, but I don't think it is. Oh, gosh. Maybe it is, though. I don't, I don't really remember. Anyways, I'll fix it. Next time you see it, boom, everything will be perfect. Or maybe it is perfect right now. But yeah, you Rush know. falling into the C tier. How weird, huh? Uh, But uh, how weird. Does, uh, <laughs> between, between now and the next episode, I'm definitely going to have a talk with myself and a long look at myself in the mirror just... Get my shit together. I you need to learn how to rate things more honestly with yourself. I do rate them honestly, and that's my problem. Listen here, Simon Cowell. You obviously don't, because if you loved it, it would be like A tier. You've never A tiered an album in your life. I haven't, no. <laughs> and that's where this falls. Uh, but, but, 
but it keeps for a good cliffhanger because will I rate the next one? Will I rate the one after? Who knows? You got to come back. So, Spoiler see. alert. No, no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't you know it? We ranked another album to the C tier, but specifically C plus this time around. And I know Savannah's not too happy of a birthday girl because of that one. No, not at all. It's I like the drink C plus, but that ranking for this album is 50% my fault and uh, I'm 50% hurt. I would say more than 50% because you're the one who chose this for your birthday. So you yeah. figure it'd be like one that you would like S tier. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm saving those. Maybe I haven't thought of them. I don't know. Maybe uh, I wanted an excuse to wear five rush shirts at once. Very possibly. <laughs> I'll say this much. I Eventually down the road, I won't say when. There's an album that I know I'm going to give an S tier. I know you know what it is, but I mean, you don't know what this is. You'll find out eventually, but for now, we are at the end of the Roll the Bones episode for Rush, episode 13. That means Savannah's birthday is officially over. <laughs> so sad, so sad. Yeah, poor score for your 29th birthday, but it's okay. Next year when you're turning 29, maybe we'll have a better score. Yeah, yeah, probably not. I'm <laughs> terrible. Yeah, you're going to pick another album and you're like, eh. It's like, why would you do this? <laughs> excitement excitement and intrigue i suppose or just confusion it's like it's her birthday why wouldn't she choose nest here <laughs> or maybe it's just me i don't know but anyways if you've made it all the way to the end of the episode you must have liked what we were doing enough to still be here so please hit that like and subscribe button on youtube leave some comments be part of the community that we're trying to build oh so much and of course the audio community i mean those bricks are just as valid as the bricks that are the video community so Please hit those like, subscribe, follow, rating, comment, whatever looks good on your audio platform. Please do that for us. And if you don't want to like, let us know what you want us to change. We really, really want to hear your feedback. Yeah, we want to hear what's right and wrong about what we say. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. although granted, be cool. Remember the disclaimer yes. in the beginning. Don't be a yes, dick. Grain please. of salt. But I mean, you're allowed to have differing opinions and that's cool. We absolutely anticipate that. You can always let us know your opinions over on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Rate the Record Podcast. And of course on Twitter, uh, at Rate the Record, which, by the way, as of the recording of this episode, uh, I've been tweeting a lot more over there with a bunch of really random things. Uh, I think it's a random post about the show with irrelevant gifts. So uh, you want if you want to see that madness at rate the record over on Twitter, uh, I, I'm gonna continue to do that just because I don't know what to do with Twitter otherwise. <laughs> Got nothing better to do. Well, and the thing is, Twitter's so brief and instant. Just like all, the, the longest part of making a tweet over there is literally looking for an irrelevant GIF. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if it's GIF; it's GIF in my books. Okay, I don't it, care. It's it's GIF. You you even if the creators. Life. Even if the creator said Jif, I don't care. Jif is my, a peanut butter. <laughs> my example was going to be, well, you say giraffe. No, you don't say graph. You say giraffe, which completely kills the argument. And I'm done. Now. Look at this photo, graph. <laughs> <laughs> There's an E in there somewhere. All right. But yeah, we are at the end of the episode. Oh, but before no. we let you go, of course... I mean, why wouldn't we have an episode next week? Because that's what a weekly podcast does. Oh, yes. So unlike Savannah tanking her own uh, birthday album, it's not my birthday next week. Uh, you'll never know when it is. But I do get to choose the album. And boy, oh, boy, it's a good one. Or at least in my books, it would be. Um, so it's a British industrial rock band 
who uh, more or less managed to like lie under the radar for like quite some time until their music appeared in a very popular PlayStation game in the late 90s. That It's funny because that could be a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like, you know, there are a lot, I'm not going to name them off because I don't want to give it away, but there are a lot of popular PlayStation games from the 90s that had like actual real soundtracks by bands and like paying for licenses to have songs and games and stuff like that. So yeah, it could be any one of those and it's going to be a lot of fun to get into. It's not Sonic, is it? No, it's not Michael Jackson either because the whole Sonic 3 thing, yeah, I know about that. Oh, Sonic okay, 3. I don't. Oh, that, that's a whole other story how we, uh, he, oh. was, he was quote-unquote part of that soundtrack, didn't like the Sega sound chip, and wanted his name white from the credits. But anyways, that's a story for another day. Interesting. I'll tell you off camera. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, we'll leave you with that little tidbit. Uh, maybe you'll relive a lot of nostalgia next week. That's what I'm hoping for. But until then, have uh, have a good week. Listen to some awesome music, and we will see you again real soon. So take care, friends. <laughs>